to just give this testimony. And uh, let me drop this down. So just to give a quick background, this is Sean Foyt. And he wrote the song, um, Jesus enthroned upon the praises of our heart. Jesus, uh, you're the king and... I, I can't say, say it unless I sing it, but I'm not going to sing it. But anyway, it's a song we sing here. He's written many worship songs that we do, and he's a revivalist, and he does a lot of work in Iraq and the Middle East and sees people saved, healed, delivered. And so he's in California, obviously. That's the Golden Gate Bridge, and California made a law. Here, you're going to have to go to mama, buddy. Daddy's too out of shape. <laughs> I can't re- <laughs> sound like I'm really preaching up here. <clears throat> so... So California made a law and they said, you can't sing in church. Like that's their law because they're so scared of COVID. Um, you can't sing in church. And they're like, well, you can't tell us we can't sing in church. But they did. They made an ordinance and a law. So Sean and them, they, they feel like this is a, an unjust law. And the only time it's okay to rebel is when people ask you to do something against, against your uh, conviction of, from God. It's the only time it's okay to rebel. Like the three Hebrew children, they wouldn't bow and worship. So they were rebelling against an unjust command. And so what he did, and there's a, another picture on his social media, but he's in a church. There's three or 400 people, and they're just worshiping God the very next Sunday. And he says, you can't, you can't stop us from worshiping our God. You can't stop from singing. And so then last week, he, uh, he shows this, uh, this picture and uh, the Golden Gate Bridge. I've got, I think I've got control here, bud. That way I don't have, so someone on the feed last week was like, next slide. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that this time. So he, uh, he throws up this picture on social media and he's like, hey, um, there may or may not be a night of worship on the Golden Gate Bridge this Friday night. And so this is a picture of some of the people and his new thing is hold the line. And if you, if you know any, any great movies, you know where that's from, right? It's from Gladiator. And it's one of the opening scenes of the movie where he's telling his troops, hold the line, right? And so this is his thing, hold the line, worship. And this, and this picture does not do justice. There are people spread out across Golden Gate Bridge, and they are singing. They're singing the blessing song from Carrie Job and them. They're singing it over the, the city of San Francisco off the Golden Gate Bridge. As a matter of fact, on his social media page, I don't think I have it here. Here, but there's a picture of policemen that, just, that came on their own. They weren't commissioned, obviously, by the police department to do this. I don't, I don't see how they would be commissioned to do that. But they lined up and blocked off a lane so that they could all stand safely on the highway and worship God. So that was on Friday. So then the next day, and again, these pictures don't, there's a video that's better that show the pans, but they're at Huntington Beach, and all these people show up to have a revival service, and um, they're worshiping God. The gospel was preached to them. Many people gave their hearts to Jesus, some of them for the very first time. When they were done, they went out into the Pacific Ocean, and they were baptized right there into the name of Jesus, right at Huntington Beach. These pictures are from the LA Times, and they called it Revival in Huntington Beach. (laughs) And if you, if you know some revival history, the Jesus people movement, the hippie movement back in the 60s and then went into the 70s, the Jesus people movement happened just like this. A bunch of hippies heard the gospel and they said, that sounds like a good thing to give my life to. 
and they begin to surrender themselves to the gospel and they begin to get saved by the thousands on beaches like this. And they were like, what better place to be baptized than right here in the Pacific Ocean? I'm a hippie already, right? That sounds fun. And so they would begin to baptize these people into the water and into Jesus. And these people, this is the Jesus people movement, the big one. It was on the cover of Time Magazine, I think in 1968, has a picture of Jesus and says the Jesus, the Jesus people movement. And it was a revival. And what Sean Foy and these guys are praying for is that this is a beginning of another Jesus movement. That, that people would become tired of religious systems and political systems restraining people's liberty. It's both, both systems restrain people's liberty. Both the religious and the political spirit restrain people's liberty. They, ha- they make you question whether or not you can or cannot do something. And that is not God's law of liberty. Jesus came to set us free from these barriers and these walls. And so, and I want to hit it clearly. I'm going to say it again. Both the religious and political spirit restrict people's freedoms. Yeah, and when, when anyone comes in and says that you cannot worship and sing to God, then, then we have a right to say, yes, we can. You cannot stop us from worshiping. You cannot stop us from singing. We know the risk that's involved. These people know that they could get COVID-19. They know this. And it, it's, it's a worthy risk to stand up for Jesus. The Bible even says that if you deny me before men, then I will deny you before my Father in heaven. And there are so many people in the religious and political system right now that have bowed their knees to fear. We've just completely bowed our knees to fear. And, and you want to talk about the, the controlling mechanism for the religious spirit and political spirit is fear. Yes. The, yes. If someone comes to me and tries to control me through intimidation or tries to control me through, through brute force, they're going to have a fight on their hand. But if someone can cause me to be fearful, I won't fight because I'm afraid. So both the religious and political spirit uses the same tool of fear to control people. And I'm not going to say a whole lot of that on here. If you want to know my political stuff, we can talk somewhere else. That's not why God gave me a a, a voice in the microphone. It's not to talk politics. That's why I said both the religious and political spirit. But what I want you to do is to make no room for fear in your life. The Bible tells us clearly, and this isn't even the message, it may be, but this isn't, that even the very elect could be deceived if it's possible. And the easiest way to be deceived is to be fearful. And I only can become fearful when I, when I worship something higher than God. When I am more afraid or fearful of a thing's uh, ability to affect my life than I am about God's ability to affect my life, then I have become um, a worshiping of an idol. Amen. And it's all through fear. Fear is idolatry. Yes, it is. Fear is idolatry. Come on. And our country is bound yes, we are. with idolatry because we're bound by fear. And so before I go into the rest of the message, their heart, that's my heart. I'm tired of just playing church. And, you know, Mandy and I have talked a lot about that this weekend. Like, I know you are too. I know you at home are too. You're, you're tired. Let's go for this. Let's have revival. Let's stop talking about it and let's do it. 
I know you're there. And and I think that we've come to a point where we've kind of seen what really matters in our lives right now. So this is the best time for us to just go for it. Let's just go for it. So I want you to pray, and I want you to ask God. Don't don't ask yourself, because you'll lie to yourself. I'll lie to myself. But ask Holy Spirit, is there any fear in my life that's not the fear of the Lord? Come on. Hmm. And if there is, give him permission to drive it out. And here's how he'll drive it out. He will replace it with himself. He will stir up passion for himself. He will stir up love and hunger for him that becomes greater than those other things that we had lifted up. And then we will begin to look and fear him. And those other things will disappear. What's the old hymn? Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So Father, we just ask for you to send your Holy Spirit, the great searchlight, the truth, (laughs) the truth serum. We ask that you would come and find fear in us. And if there is fear, we ask for you to drive it out with your perfect love. And we ask for you to replace unhealthy fear, ungodly fear, with the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. Stir up our passion for you like we've never had before. And God, I, I give you permission to do that in me personally, and I invite you to do it in our church. Every person that calls this home or has an affiliation with this church, may we be known for our fear of the Lord and our courage in every other area of life. Hmm. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you get two sermons for the price of one today, right? This one goes to the next one. Can you, can you flip to the next? You know, I want to talk about uh, just quick pivot points. Nope, not that one. Sorry. <clears throat> I want to talk about pivot points. And... If you want to open your Bibles to Jeremiah 24, verse 7, and to 2 Chronicles 7, those are the two verses that we're going to read. All right, pivot points. Now, a pivot point, like in physics, you kind of know what a pivot point is. It's where something pivots or balances. But a pivot point in what I'm talking about today is when a thought or an idea is elevated Demanding attention and action or a, change of, or a change of direction is required. A thought or idea is elevated, demanding attention. And action or a change of direction is required. And I feel like we are at a pivot point in the church. Yeah. Amen? Like everything I'm, I said before, that was like an intro into this. We're at a pivot point. Are we going to fear the Lord and see his glory on the earth? Or are we going to shrink back? Jeremiah 24, verse 7 says it like this. And this is God speaking. He's prophesying over his people. He says, and I will give them a heart to know me. I want a heart to know God. For I am the Lord, and they will be my people, and I will be their God. That's, a, that's an ancient promise that's in the word. It's repeated over and over again. They will be my people, and I will be their God. For they will, what's the word? Return to me with their whole heart. That word return is a pivot point. It's a change. 
You probably know this really well, 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14. And he says, if my people who are called by my name, what's the first thing they have to do? Humble themselves. themselves. May God baptize us with humility. I am so arrogant. I want to be humble. I want all arrogance to be driven out. I'm so right. Mm. If we will humble ourselves and then what? Pray. Say it. Pray. You need to pray just to make it today. Anybody remember MC Hammer? Come on. That's awesome. All right. Humble themselves, pray, and seek my face. And turn. That's a pivot point. And turn from their wicked ways. If you'll do those things, he says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Thank you. Sorry. (laughs) Did you know that we are using a pivot point when we turn our heads? Like, we're pivoting. It's it's like our elbows and our wrists and our knees. They're pivot joints, pivot, pivot points that we use. And it's interesting that in both of these scriptures, it talks about a turning or returning. So when we turn our heads... We're turning in response because we're, our attention has been turned. Like if a loud noise happened over here, we would turn because that noise grabbed our attention. But that attention drew an action to where now I'm focused and I'm going this direction. This is what God requires of us, that we turn to him. That he gains our attention. That he pulls our affections away from other things and to him. And when he says return, it's because he's our first love. He wants us to turn back to him as our first love. So when we turn our heads, it's because something grabbed our attention. What has our attention right now? COVID-19. What has our attention right now? Racial issues. I'm not saying those things aren't important. But those things have caused our heads to be turned. It doesn't mean that we can't do multiple things at once, but our head must first be turned towards Jesus Christ because only when I'm giving him full attention can I give proper attention to the other things. But if I skip him and try to give attention to these other things, I will do it out of man's efforts. You know, when you say the term systemic racism, it gives you the idea that says the only answer is systemic. Just the term alone, systemic racism, means the only solution can be systemic. That's not the solution. God is the solution. If we will turn to him, humble ourselves and pray, ask him to forgive us for all of our sin, for any racial injustice and all these things, we repent to him, not to other people. Oh, man. We repent to God, and then as we repent to God, then we properly know how to give affection and attention to the other things according to his agenda. And when we do that, it heals the land. These other solutions that man has are band-aids, or they actually cause the problem to become worse than it was before. But he has the solution to it, and he wants us to turn and give our attention to him. Amen? All right. My heart for everyone here, my heart for me, is that God captures our full attention. Like, if you ask me as a pastor what I would want for every person in my church, ever, that's it, period. Everything else can be true, but that's the truest thing. 
I want every one of you in this room and every one of you that watch on Facebook, I want him, Jesus Christ, to have your full attention. We can only see clearly through his eyes. We can only love purely through his heart. We can only serve without motives or agendas through his hands. We can only have wise ideas through his wisdom. He is the solution. All the crises that are on the planet right now, and there's a lot of them. It's like, you know, the devil's just juggling a lot of crises on the earth right now. We carry the solutions to them, but they don't come when God is here and we're focusing on all these things. How can the church fix this? How can we create a new system, a political system, a religious system to solve these issues? It will not work. The only thing that will work is if we humble ourselves, humble ourselves as the church, pray, seek his face, come on, turn from our wicked ways, break connections with the ways of the world. Then when we do that, he forgives us. He heals the land. Come on. That's the solution today. And so my heart is that we would all give him our full attention. I know it's difficult to give something your full attention. I, I'm easily distracted. I don't know if I'm the only one, but especially if I'm in the room with, with people that I'm responsible for. Like, you know how moms probably get this way better than I do, but man, you hear your kid's voice and, whoa, yeah, what do you need? Yeah. What do you need, baby? It doesn't matter what I'm doing in the moment. My kid, it's, it's easy to divert our attention and to go back and forth, back and forth. But God will teach us the art of making him the center of our attention, the focus. Come on. Oh, my gosh. I almost started Amen. quoting. <laughs> Old song, man. Come on. The center. He's the focus. When we can do that first and everything else, seek first. It's Matthew 6, We should tattoo it on our brains and our hearts. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness. That means his justice his solutions, his, his uh, purity, his thoughts on, on um, social issues. Seek first his righteousness, and then all of the other things will be added unto us. That's the way the kingdom works. So I don't want us to just give our attention to something. I want us to, to do it so strongly that we're turning from something towards something. Like, it's not just enough to turn from our wicked ways or from our bad ideas or from our frustrations or fears or whatever. We have to replace that with something better, something that's more tried and true. That's my prayer today. So we'll end with this thought. All that is required for the change that we all long for, and I want to pause there. I feel like we are all longing for change. Like, in the deepest place of our heart, we want something to shift, We want things to be different, better, more like the kingdom, less like the chaos of the world. Like, I really do. We want freedom in our finances. We want freedom in our health. We want freedom in our relationships. Like, we want things to be better. We want the old, tired things that we've been struggling and carrying forever to be done once and for all. Oh my gosh, how long am I going to have to deal with this thing? How long am I going to have to fight with this person? How long am I going to feel this way when I get in these situations and I I become inferior and hide? How long am I going to do this same thing? I feel like the change that all of us really want is when we turn our attention 
from one thing to another. And I know that when we make that shift, that attention shift, it will shift everything. I just know it. It's like it's bringing things into alignment. It's like the valley of dry bones when he prophesied to them. They, they begin to click together. You can almost hear the sound, the rattling. If you've heard that song rattle from Elevation, just even the, this is the sound of dry bones rattling and you hear the, the guy playing the drums and he's hitting the, the, the side of the snare so it sounds like clicking of bones. Like there's this prophetic thing on that song and that's what's going on right now. Like if we will turn our full attention to him and fully surrender to him, then everything in, in life will lock into place. Yeah. Amen. Just snap into place. It won't be difficult. It won't be hard. It will be natural. Amen? Amen. You want to make a pivot point, pivot shift right now? Why don't you stand? Yeah? So I want you just to just pray that, that prayer that, that he would get our full attention. He deserves it. How many would agree that God deserves our full attention? If anything deserves our attention, God does. He does. So, Father, we come to you. Come on, everyone pray. We come to you now. We ask that you would draw our attention. We're going we're gonna to practice praying. We're going to stop. I want you to pray out loud. We're going we're gonna to practice this. Just pray out loud. Same prayer, but just pray out loud. We're asking God to come and draw our attention, draw our affections. Yeah, Father, I ask you to rearrange my affections. Rearrange my attention. Draw me. Draw me close. You said if we draw close to you, you will draw close to us. We say yes to that. And right now, I turn my heart's affection to you. Anchor my heart to you. Anchor my affections. Anchor my soul to you. We've talked a lot about this. Knit my soul to your soul. Draw me close to you. Draw me close. I will not drift. I will not wander. I will stay faithful. I will stay committed to, to you, stay committed to my affections for you. Father, as a church, we say, draw us to you. Bring us back to our first love. Bring us back to the basics, back to the beginning where you loved us and we said yes. And we were infatuated with you. Come on. And we couldn't believe it. We won the lottery. All our sins were forgiven. Our life was turned upside down in one moment just by turning to you. God, restore that wonder of salvation to us. Restore the joy of our salvation. Come on. <laughs> I can't believe it. My debt has been paid. Come on. I can't believe it. That old person that I didn't like is not even alive anymore. He's dead, and someone else has taken his place. And this person I like. <laughs> Come on.
This is it. This is the gospel. Bring us back to the basics of this gospel message. It's in you today. In you we live, God. In you we move, Lord. In you we have our being, God. Hallelujah. All things are passed away. So here's the homework. All this is great in the moment. It's great in the, in the atmosphere right here. But what makes it really powerful is when we go home and we put it into practice. And we're not hearers only, but we're doers of the word. So here's what I want you to do. Please make a note. Like, I'm being dead serious. I, like, do this. Don't not. If you don't do this, you're being disobedient. I never say stuff like that. I'm saying it. Find out what stirs your affection for God. Find out what, what things happen, what atmosphere you're in, or what discipline that you have that makes you thankful for his love or makes you drawn towards him in affection. Find out what those things are. If it's listening to worship music, if it's going on a walk, if it's, if it's sitting down and having a cup of coffee with another believer, whatever stirs your affection for God, do more of it. Read the word, get in the word and read it. Study it, devour it until you begin to love his word. Like, I'm serious. What stirs your affection for God? Do more of that. What makes you feel complacent toward God? Do that less. It's, that's absolutely the most simple solution for all of us. What makes me long for him more? I'm going to do more of that. What turns me away from him, I'm going to do less of that. That's the key. Amen. How many will make that commitment? I can't see you anyway, but, you know, amen. (laughs) It's it's kind of cool because I can pretend that all of you are like, yeah, that's the best sermon ever. I don't know. (laughs) Just keep going. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. If you have to make a list, make a list. You have to take notes during the week. Like, oh, I felt the presence of God on that. And I really was, was hungry for him in that moment. Make a note. Man, that really stirred me toward God. That really stirred my affection for him. I need to do that more. Or, man, that made me feel complacent or dry or weary. Whew, I'm going to do that less. That frustrated me. Stop watching the news. Like, man, it's frustrating. Just you you know you know all, you know more if you turn it off than you do if you watch <laughs> because it changes every day yeah. they, they don't know so just yeah. turn it off knows. god knows ask him what do i do do i do i go out today ask him, ask him. if if you're like man i'm nervous about getting the virus or i'm nervous do i go out today ask him don't ask the news yeah. ask him amen he'll tell you and he'll, he'll tell you whether you should or shouldn't. I'm being, it's, I'm being dead serious. Should I wear a mask today? Ask him. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Ask him. Mm. Invite him into your decisions. And if there is fear, fearful times, invite him into that. I do this a lot. Like if it's you, typically with me, it's not fear. It's, it's something else. But I'm like, God, I'm inviting you into my process right now. I'm frustrated right now. Yes. Help me. Why am I frustrated? Yes. Typically because pow- I feel powerless. Yeah. Why am I fearful? Typically because I've listened to the wrong report. Yeah. 
because I valued someone else's opinion above God's. That's typically where fear comes. All right, that's enough from me. Thank you so much for coming out. If you want prayer, if you brought your offering in person, Rodney has the buckets. If you want prayer, someone will meet you here at the front. We'll social distance and pray for you. But we just want you to leave. Do the homework, right? What's the homework? I'm going to ask. What's the homework? And do it more. And what steals my love for God, do it less. Boom gospel message right there. All right. We love you. We bless you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for watching on Facebook. We love you too.